Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. All right, Transformers, let's get started in the message this morning. And so last week, as you know, we've started in a series from the book of James called Test Proof. And today we want to go on a message entitled, Faith for Your Future. Faith for Your Future. And so let's get into what James has to say. So James, as you know already, is the half-brother of Jesus. And after the resurrection of Jesus, he actually takes a very prominent position in the church in Jerusalem. And ultimately, he becomes this key leader in the church, you know, and and he's a leader of this brand new movement of Christ followers, which is so exciting because it's launching out into what Christ has called them to do. And so they have this great message and they have this great commission to go and do what God has called them to do. And so James writes now, and so he's writing to the churches that have been dispersed. And you find this in Acts chapter 12, you know, a situation has come up and the Roman authorities are bringing persons persecution to the church under Herod Agrippa, and so they kind of disperse. And so James writes to the church that's in dispersion to encourage them and, and let them know that God is with them, that if they stay faithful, God is going to be faithful to them. And so James is writing to this church. And so James at this point is thoroughly devoted to Christ. After he has come through this trial, this testing where initially he didn't believe in Jesus and he wasn't there for Jesus, but he comes to this place of supreme faith in Jesus Christ. And so he is supremely qualified, if I can say that, to ask questions about faith because he had to wrestle with his own faith. And so his letter that he's writing to the churches examines faith and and the motivations and the results of faith. And so he does not stress a lot about, you know, theoretical knowledge, but his letter is filled with practical emphasis and godly instructions on godly behavior. And so James encourages the believers to be uncompromisingly obedient to the word of God and to, to write this, this letter of passion that he has to all the Christ followers, and he encourages them to adhere to a faith that they have in Jesus Christ. And what's important for us to understand is that James does not ask us if we have faith. He, he's writing to Christ followers, and so rather he asks this question, how good is your faith? That's the question that he's asking. How good is your faith? Now, On the outset, this is a challenging question because faith has to have a practical application. Faith is not just some fuzzy feeling you have when you think about God. Faith is beyond that. It has to have a practical application. So when you say you have faith, James is questioning this and he says, okay, if you say you have faith, well, let me see what you do to show us that you have faith. And so that's the question that he's asking. James says it has to produce godly behavior. Your faith has to produce some godly behavior. So let me ask you a question, or rather let James ask us a question. And he writes this in James 2 verse 14. What good is it, brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? It's a, it's a profound question that has been marinating in James for a long time. He had to answer this question himself because he went through this time, as I said, 
of testing. And having passed the test, he poses the same question for all of us. Can your faith take you to your future? Can your faith take you to the place where God has designed you to be? Most of us would probably say, of course it can. You know, I have faith in God and I believe God and and God loves me and his word tells me that. And because God loves me, we know our future. We know what God has for us. And I would say to that, absolutely yes, that's absolutely true. But I remind you again that James is not questioning our faith. He is questioning the result or the fruit of our faith. What has your faith produced? That's the question he's asking. And to give us a couple of examples, he brings into the discussion in his letter two people who have displayed exemplary faith, Rahab and Abraham. Rahab, of course, is one of the women who helped the spies that Moses sent out to to kind of get the lay of the land. And Abraham is considered the father of faith for the Jewish people, but not just for them, for us as well. And he brings us to the specific incident or the specific event in the life of Abraham, which he talks about his faith walk. Remember, I once saw a program looking back a few years ago, a scientist looking at a child's faith and trust in their mother. And so what these scientists did was they put a baby on a table, on a wooden table, and at the end of that table, they had a sheet of glass. And so the sheet of glass was at the end of the table and on the other side of the glass was the mother of the child. And so because the glass was obviously see-through, you can't really see it's there. And so they put the baby at the end of the table and then they asked the mother to call this baby. And so they did this for a number of babies and all of them was the same result. What happened was the baby started crawling towards the mother as the mother called out to the child. And as it got to the end of the table, it paused for a minute. But as the mother continued to call, this baby just stepped off. It didn't realize that there was no glass. It just stepped off in faith at the call of the mother. Of course, the child didn't fall. The glass was there to prevent the child from falling to the ground. But here's the thing. The scientists were trying to make a point that the baby or the child has so much faith and trust in the mother that they were willing to step off a table under the belief that their mother would be there to protect them, that this loving relationship would not harm them, that the mother would not let anything happen to them. And when you reflect on that, you have to ask this question, and you have to wonder the same thing. When God calls me to a place which is unfamiliar, is my faith and trust in him that strong that I will step into the unknown to go where he calls? And I think that's the question that James is trying to get us to ask. Abraham, or Abram, as he was known then when he first encountered God, did exactly that. He stepped out of his father's house and went to a land that was unknown, in a place that he didn't have any idea about. But he heard the call of God and he stepped out into the unknown. And so James is, is fast-forwarding in, James, in Abraham's life, and he fast-forwards almost 110 years from the time that Abraham was born. And of course, Abram's name has been changed to Abraham, which Abraham means the father of nations. And so Abraham has waited a hundred years for the arrival of his son Isaac. And now at this time in James's uh, sort of a 
to attention to the scripture, James is telling us that Abraham is now at about 110 years old and Isaac is about 10 years old, as most theologians say. And God shows up in the night and he asks Abraham a strange request. Will you give me what you love the most? Will you give me what your future depends on? Will you give me the very thing that you waited your life for? Will you give me your beloved son? Before we get offended by this request from God, how can he ask such a question? How can he ask Abraham to sacrifice a son, you know, a child? Let me remind you that God won't ask you for something that he's not prepared to do. Will God sacrifice a son? The answer we know and Abraham, Abraham probably didn't know at that time, was yes, 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 God would sacrifice a son. He will sacrifice his own beloved son, the only begotten son of God, Jesus Christ. He sacrificed his very son for you and for me. So Abraham, however, is faced with this test of his faith. Will he give to God what was to him his future? Because he was father of nations, and if he has no kids, how can you be a father that will inherit nations? And so, here's the thing that he had to go through. Will God ask you to choose him over other things? Does he do that in your life? Does he do that in Abraham's life? And the answer again is yes, he will, and he does. What is more uncertain, however, is our answer. Will we say yes when God asks for something that we consider to be important in our life? And think about it for a second before you just answer. What do you love most in this world? If God said, give me that, or give up that, or surrender that, will you say yes? Will you say yes? Will you really? If I can be honest, I would say I wouldn't say yes right away. I, I would struggle with that. I would struggle with it because if it's something that precious to me and God says, give it up, I, I would probably think twice and I would probably wonder. And so if we're going to be honest with ourselves and ask ourselves the question, would we? I think the question is, maybe we won't right away. What has God asked from you? Is it time to spend with him that we haven't been spending with him? Do you struggle with that? Is it finances that you struggle with to surrender? When God says, give me a portion, do we struggle to surrender that? Do we say, no, God, well, you know, I need it and I require it and it's important and I need it for this and I need it for that? Is it a relationship that you have with someone that you think is so important, but it's actually bad for you and God says, I want you to give that up? And we say, no, because I love this person so much, I'm just going to stick it out. But we're getting deeper and deeper into trouble and we can't see a way out. And God says, I want you to give it up. But we think, you know, we need this. It's too important for me. I'll be alone. I'll never be able to be with them. So I'm going to hold on to it, even though it's difficult. What is it in your life that you hold on to so tightly that you find it hard to give up? And so if God says, I want you to give up the very thing that you love the most, will you be prepared to give it up? And so when God asked Abraham to surrender Isaac, this would have been the most difficult thing that Abraham would have had to do. And so, but what does scripture say? In Genesis 22 verse 3, it says this, when God asked him for Isaac, 
It says, early the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey, and took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. You see, Abraham did not hesitate. Did he have questions in his mind? Absolutely. But did that stop him from moving? Absolutely not. And the fa- In fact, it took Abraham three days to get to the place where God had asked him to go. Three days of anguish, three days of, of mental you know, gymnastics, trying to figure things out, trying to work out, trying to, to see how this will work out. Three days of mental exhaustion, and I'm sure physical exhaustion. Three days looking at his son with loving eyes, knowing that he was about to lose him. Some people say that Abraham wrestled with God during this time. The scriptures, however, don't reveal any of that. What it does say is that Abraham got up the next day and prepared wood for the offering. In fact, he knew right away and he decided right away that he was going to be obedient to God. He didn't wait to get through all this time of wrestling to get to this place that God said before he decided to take up the wood for the offering. He got up and did that as the first thing. Abraham took steps in the direction of God's request. And what I I do know is that Abraham trusted God. He trusted God based on his experience that he had with God through the seasons of his life. He had walked with God a number of days. He had seen his, his, his nephew Lot go out and, and do things and God had rescued him and God had used Abraham mightily and, and God had used him to conquer the tribes and do marvelous things. And so he trusted God implicitly. And he knew that if God told him, God would show up and not let him down. You see, unlike Abraham, a lot of us, we're paralyzed when it comes to making a decision for God or when God asks us to make a decision on something that he's asking us to do. If sometimes we go, you know, God, we're not sure what we should do. Maybe we'll, we'll think about it. We question whether we should obey Abraham didn't question whether he should obey, he did it. And when we question whether we should obey, our faith does not produce a result. We might say we have faith, but there's no fruit to show for it. And when we question if we should do something that God asks, we stagnate our future. We are paralyzed by indecision, and any result of that action suspends us in a place, and therefore we do not inherit what God has desired for us. Time moves forward, we get older, seasons change, and we are the same. We feel the same, we feel stagnant, we feel like nothing is happening in our life, and we think, you know, what's going on with me? Because I've not moved forward. And you see, you can't move forward in the place that God asks you to because we're reluctant to give up or to step out or to step up or to move out into the place that God has asked us to. And so we see things change in other people's lives and and we question God and we say, God, how come things are happening in in their life and his life and he seems to be moving forward and things are working out for her and things are going on in their life and we say it feels like we're stagnant and sometimes it feels like everything's moving but you're stuck and you're stagnant. You see, it's because we haven't stepped into the place that God has asked us to. We're struggling with that decision whether we would obey or not. 
And here's an important thing. God will not give you new instructions if you haven't obeyed the last instructions he's given you. He's not going to give you something new to do if you have said no to what he's asked you to do the last time. And so many of us, our future is on pause because we refuse to move into the season season God desires for us. And we cry and we put up a fuss and we rebel and we get mad with God and we compare ourselves and we frustrate ourselves and we don't know what to do. And we say, we don't know what's happening. And we won't, we won't we do all of this, but we won't obey. Abraham obeyed God. Each step he took, those three days, took him closer to the place of surrender. He didn't run away, but he stepped towards. And maybe he struggled with giving up Isaac. Anyone would. I would. You would. But each step he took, took him in the direction that God asked him to go. He didn't get up in the morning and, and say, let me think this through, God. You know, I really don't think that's you asking me that question because you wouldn't ask that. He says, he didn't think about, am I willing to give this up? Let me go and ask a few people and, and get some opinions and see what they think and then what I should do. Or maybe I'll just sleep on it on a few days and until I feel comfortable and until, until I come to terms with this decision, maybe then I'll do it. Let me see if I can bargain my way out of this. And God, maybe if, if I just pray a little bit more and, and maybe if I give a little bit more and maybe if I show up on Sunday, every single Sunday, you won't ask me to give that up. Maybe I won't have to give up that thing that you're asking for, if I can somehow figure out a way out of this. And so rather than obey God, we try to come up with a a myriad of ways to get ourselves out of the situation. And we don't move into the place that God is desiring us. We stagnate ourselves. We put ourselves on pause and we put our life on pause because we can't inherit the future that God has designed for us and and given to us because we're unwilling or unwilling. Faithful or unfaithful to move to the place that God is asking us to. Abraham, however, got up and stepped out. Was it hard? Absolutely. Was what God was asking for, was it precious to him? Absolutely, more precious than anything that he had before. Yet he got up and moved in the direction that God asked him to. What I want you to understand is that each step Abraham would have taken, he had to know it was a step closer to losing his son. And even in spite of all of that, he still put one foot in front of the other and walked towards the place that God was asking him to. It would have been a difficult few days. I can't imagine the thoughts and of pain knowing what it would be like to lose the one that was so precious, his, his beloved son, Isaac. And more than that, that he was the one that's going to have to sacrifice Isaac. But in spite of all of this, this mental anguish, Abraham moved forward. His faith was going to take him to his future. And something in your faith, something on your faith journey has to take you to the place where God has for you. See, when we start out our journey in life, when we start out this faith journey with God, oftentimes God gives us companions, people to encourage us, people to, to help us along the way. And if you look into the text, it says that Abraham 
took two of his servants with him on this journey. So it was him, two servants, and Isaac. And he started off on this three-day journey with these people. And maybe they were there to support him. And when he was going through a difficult season, they would encourage him and help him along the way. And he started this journey with these companions. But like Abraham, when it comes to getting up on that mountain, when it comes to getting close and intimate with God, we can only do that by ourselves. He had to leave his companions and go up that hill or that mountain with Isaac by himself. See, sometimes it's just between you and God. This is not a majority contest. This is not, you know, some sort of survey where everyone says, oh, you should do this and you should do that. Sometimes it's regardless of what the popular opinion is. It's what God is asking us to do. You will find your future when you activate your faith in God. And it doesn't matter if it's a popular decision or it's the most, you know, unlikely decision. What's important is, do we obey what God asks us to do? And so James is saying, do you have enough faith to take you to the future that God wants you to go in? Because others can't believe for you. Others can't have faith for you. Others can't make the decision for you. Our decision helps our future come near, or our indecision keeps our future at a distance. I'll repeat that. Our decision for God helps our future come near, while our indecision keeps our future at a distance. We either move closer to God into the what he or what he has for us or we hesitate and make you know don't make decisions and stay away. We decide what we inherit. God has provided it for us, but if you don't move into the place or the direction that he's asked you to or to surrender what he's asking you to that that he thinks will benefit you, you will never see it. And here's what I want you to understand. Write this down if you have to. Your faith will move you in the direction of whom you trust the most. Your faith will move you in the direction of whom you trust the most. Is that God or is that you? If God is asking you to trust him and you will see the results of that faith, and if you say, you know, I'm not sure if I want to do that, I'm not ready to do that, I'm not willing to do that, then we're not going to see the future that God has for us. Abraham, however, trusted God. Abraham had so much faith in God. His faith was so strong that he believed that even if Isaac died, God would raise him from the dead. He had so much faith that he believed that even if he had to kill Isaac, that God would not allow Isaac to stay dead. Look at this. Abraham says this in in Hebrews 11, 19. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a man of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the death. He believed God at his word with such faith that when God made a promise to him, when he said, Abraham, you're going to be the father of nations, Abraham believed that promise and he rested in it with such security that he believed beyond any shadow of doubt that that has to happen, that even if God asked him to give up Isaac, God would raise him from the dead because his word had to come to pass. His faith moved him in the direction of whom he trusted the most. 
and that was God. So James says this when he talks about Abraham and he's using Abraham as an example. He says this, you see that his faith, speaking about Abraham, and his actions were working together and as his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scriptures was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. Friends, your, fr- your faith produces your future. It takes you in the direction that God wants you to go. Your faith, in essence, James is saying, must produce an action for you to say yes to God and move into the direction that God wants you to go. If you say you have faith and you don't say yes to God, then what is the point of your faith? That is what he's trying to say. Your faith is ineffective. Your faith cannot save you. Your faith cannot help you inherit the future that God has for you. Your faith has to have an active component where you say yes to God. And when God says something to you, you answer with yes. Yes, no matter what it is, no matter how difficult it seems, your faith will move you in the direction of whom you trust the most. And so the question really is, did Abraham trust God? Absolutely. Do we trust God in every situation? That's something that we need to answer. You need to answer that for yourself. So the question that James wants us to really answer, the test proof of our faith is, are you walking towards God or are you walking away from him? Are you walking into the place he's asking you to go Or you saying, God, let me think about it and I'm going to stay here and analyze it and think about it and work out the pros and the cons and whether I should or shouldn't. And maybe I'll do a survey and maybe I'll ask people and and maybe get a hundred different opinions before I do it. Or we saying, God, I don't understand. And sometimes it feels difficult, but I'm going to say yes, because my faith is going to get me to my future. Is what he's asking from you, is it too hard? Is it too difficult? Is it so wrong that we can't say yes to? Or do we just refuse to step in that direction? Or is God asking for something that is that difficult from us that we refuse to go to the place and the future that he has designed for us? See, every step Abraham took got him closer to the place of his future because he said yes. And every time we say no, unlike Abraham, we don't move forward. We remain stagnant and static in the place that we have designed for ourselves. If Abraham had not said yes, we wouldn't discover, he wouldn't discover some of the amazing things that God had for his future. See, the reality is is if you didn't know Abraham did not get to sacrifice Isaac. God provided another sacrifice. God provided himself as a sacrifice. It's kind of prophetic and poetic at the same time. And it's at this place that God shows Abraham a different facet of his character. And Abraham comes to this understanding where it's this time that he calls God by this amazing name, Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord who provides. See, God is the provider. 
And sometimes we don't see that because we refuse to step into the direction that he's asking us to go. And we're saying, how can I trust you? Because here's my supply. It's all around me. And and this is my paycheck. And this is my supply. And this is my relationship. And this is what I have. And you're asking me to give it up. But where will the supply come from? But God is saying, child, I am your supply. I am your provider. I am the God who provides. It's not about what you put your trust in. But if you have faith, and even though it seems difficult, and even though it seems impossible, would you say yes, because I'm taking you to a future that is going to be greater than you can imagine or even foresee. The future that you have is going to be great. God says, I have plans for you in Jeremiah 29 verse 11. Great plans to give you success and to prosper you and to bless you. But if we don't step forward when he says yes, does that mean that God doesn't love us? No, he loves us absolutely. Does that mean that we're not his child? No, we're still his child. But what it does mean is that we don't see the abundance that God has destined for us as we remain static and stagnant, as we refuse to follow him into the place that he's asking us to go. See, God is our provider. And so James wants us to understand that God provides, but is your faith strong enough to say yes when he asks you to go into the valley of the shadow of death? Is your faith strong enough when he says, I want you to go into a difficult season and you don't understand when you're going to come out? And is your faith strong enough when you say, God, I don't know where my supply is coming from. I don't know what it is, but you ask me and I'm going to sow it into you. Do we have faith in God or do we put our trust in the things around us? And so James asks us this question. He wants you to answer it. Will you let your faith take you to your future? Will you let your faith produce something great in your life? Will you let your faith help you become what God intends you to be? Friends, the challenge before us is simple. And James, James wants us to understand this. Can we say yes when God asks us for the very thing that we love the most? Are we able to give him what we think we need to get what he believes we need? Because what he believes we need is always going to be greater than what you think you need. And so I want to encourage you with this thought. James wants us to understand that only when your faith becomes active in saying yes, will you see the great future that God has designed for you. And God wants you to wants you to get to that place and he desires you to get to that place. And so before we close, I'm just going to leave you with three practical things that you can do to say yes to God, right? And the first one is really simple. Trust him when he asks you and say yes. Let your faith expand. So when God says, can you do this? Or can you do that? Or can you surrender this? Or can you give up that? Or can you show this? Say yes. And then on the journey, figure out how it'll work. That's what Abraham did. He said yes, and he took three days to get to that place. And he stepped towards that direction. And sometimes you don't have to know the answer. You don't have to know everything. Just say yes to God and take steps towards him, just like Abraham did. And your future will become brighter. Number two, read some scripture. 
read some of the people that made tough decisions like Abraham and see the result of what their yes meant and how God blessed them. And that will encourage you. Number three, write down some of your past decisions where you've said yes to God and look at the result that's happened in them. I'm sure they've been good. So remind yourself of God's blessings when you said yes. So number one, say yes to God in spite of difficult circumstances. Number two, read some scripture on the tough decisions some others, other people did and had to say yes to and the result of that. And number three, write down some of the tough decisions where you did say yes and God gave you a great reward. Because here's what I want to leave you with. Your faith will move you in the direction of whom you trust the most. Is that God or is that you? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for your word of faith. And and James encourages us to look into our faith and see if there's an active component where we do respond in the positive and affirmation of yes, when you ask us to give up something that we think we need or surrender something that we feel that we want to hang on to or just sow into something that we feel that we can't do. And you're, you're looking for that yes because the, the yes of our faith will take us into the future that you have prepared for us. And so everyone who's watching today, everyone who, who's struggling with the difficult decisions to say yes, because we, t- we look into our future and we think, how can that happen? Or how can that work out? Or how will that come to pass? Or I don't understand, or I don't see how that will actually come to pass. If we have that difficult decision, Lord, let us look to you. You're the God who provides. You are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who, who provides in every season, not just in good times, but in bad times as well. And if we put our faith and trust in you, and that will help us navigate the difficult seasons of our life as we get to the point of of indecision sometimes, as we struggle with that. Help us say yes to you. Help us say yes in different seasons. Help us be test positive or test proof and come out yes as we make decisions to help us move forward into you and not help us stagnate to where we are. I pray for every single person watching that you will encourage them and that you will bless them, that you'll continue to just stir up their spirit so they can say yes when you ask them to, like Abraham did and like James did. And so this morning, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your blessing. We thank you for all that you do in our lives. We honor you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.